calling in actually from the Moja Loop meeting, um, the Moja Loop meeting here in uh, Rwanda. Um, it's their 2023 P1221 OSS community meeting. Uh, it's going wonderfully. We've got some grantees and folks here, um, and it's great to, to, to hang out and learn from and with the, the Mojulub community. Uh, we've started to work with People's Clearinghouse, which you'll hear um, a little bit more probably in the coming weeks, um, and we'll be presenting together tomorrow at the Mojulub. Uh, meeting with some of their um, updates. Um, with Egalia, they've started, that's our contractors that are doing uh, some development for us. They've started uh, to put web monetization into Chromium. That'll kick off this month. Uh, big news, this will kind of cross over with Adrian as well. ILF is going to be in South Africa this month. Uh, I think Brianna is actually on her way as we speak to Blockchain Africa, where she's going to speak. Um, there is an ILF developer meetup in Cape Town. Brianna, Adrian, Carl, um, and others are going to be participating in a panel discussion. And Sabine is un unveiling Rafiki V1 Alpha on stage for the first time. So super exciting. We'll bring you those updates. Hopefully there'll be some video and some other assets that we'll share out with all of you. Uh, just also one quick note that we have a new Interledger Foundation ambassador. His name is Cyrus Schofield. He is a, a CODA, which is a child of deaf adults. And so he's part of our community ambassador outreach program. I actually think this is super exciting. He's going to be working on uh, a bunch of stuff for us. One, there are words that don't exist that we use in fintech or interledger that don't exist in American Sign Language or any sign language. So he's going to be working with folks to come up with new signs for some of our nomenclature and, and technical wording, and then how we make our materials more accessible to a deaf community. Um, so that is some cool things. New opportunities for the ecosystem. Um, We've released our newest grant. It's an arts and culture grant, so it might not be as relevant for some of you here, but it might be relevant to some of your communities. Um, the link is here in the notes. It's called Future Money. The exciting part here is we really want to have artists think about what is the financial inclusion world that we're actually trying to build together. Uh, you know, what are the artistic visions? What's that sort of speaking, the, the things that we're working on technically out into the world and sort of have this inspiration and building mix. Um, so we'll, we're running that grant. We'll have eight artists who will be in all kinds of different artistic mediums, kind of painting the world, so to speak, uh, that we're hoping to build together. And they'll also all be showing up and presenting and uh, hanging and otherwise performing their work at the ILP Summit in November. Um, and to the community, we're looking for help to change uh, the extension. Uh, so if anyone, the, the web monetization extension. So if anyone is interested, reach out to Alex or Vanil. We are looking for contributors to that. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to my ILF colleague, Max, who's going to go a little bit deeper dive into some of the new aspects of Rafiki. Take it away, Max. Hey, everyone. Um, so I'll be filling in for Sabina today. So some news on Rafiki side, as uh, Chris mentioned, we are finished the uh, development work on, on Rafiki. Uh, so it's, it's working. Uh, the Postman collection is working. We can make all the APIs now. Um, we are currently pushing forward with documentation, publishing all of our packages that we're using in the monorepo before a final quote unquote V1 stamp that Sabine will unveil. And, um, so yeah, final stretches are making Rafiki production ready for adoption for wallets. Um, so yeah, in, in terms of opportunities, 
right now you can go play around with all the APIs on Postman. It should all be working. Uh, for any documentation that you may see is lacking, then definitely uh, uh, you can just point out to um, one of us and we'll, we'll start and uh, make sure that it's all documented. And yeah, if you ever need help experimenting with the APIs, let uh, me or uh, Sabina know and we can, we can help you with that. So final stretches of, uh, of what we've been long waiting for. I'm going to pass it over to Vinny. All right. Thank you, Max. And next up, I think we have Adrian. And unmute. Uh, yeah, so um, some good news and bad news. Good news, uh, our beta testing went actually really well. Um, we onboarded about 20 users uh, in the US. Um, we uh, did some testing, uh, thanks to anyone on the call who was one of those people. Uh, we were linking bank accounts, cards, sending money back and forth using payment pointers, uh, all worked really nicely. Um, got some great feedback, so we've made a few updates. Uh, unfortunately, near the end of that period, we did have start getting having some issues with our uh, FI partner, and it turns out that they are having downstream issues with the platform they use and the bank that they deal with. Um, it's super frustrating for us because uh, you know we're now looking back at like how we got here, and it's been pretty much almost a year since we were ready to launch with our first FI partner. Um, anyway, we've uh, we've decided to take a slightly different approach this time um, to avoid uh, ourselves getting caught out again. And we're working directly with a, a licensed MSB rather than a bank platform. Um, they've been great so far and we're hoping to be um, registered as an agent of theirs in the next few weeks. Uh, that'll allow us to um, kick things back off again and continue testing and, and um, moving forward in the US. I uh, can't say for certain exactly when that will be. So currently we've paused new onboarding and, and we've asked all the folks who tested to, to make sure they haven't left any money in their accounts. Um, but I, I guess the upside is we're very confident about the product and the robustness of the product and how all of that works. The sort of integrations into card and ACH and those sort of rails have been um, challenging and the, the KYC bits, but uh, we're confident we can we can turn that stuff around with this new partner. Um, in parallel, I've been evaluating a bunch of um, partners to get us live in EEA, so Europe, UK. Um, those are looking really positive and we're um, hoping to have that in place in the next month or two. So we're kind of accelerating that um, given that it's been such a frustrating journey in the US um, getting live. So both of those may go live pretty, you know, pretty soon after one another. Um, but yeah, as, as we've learned over the last 18 months, can't really make any promises. We, we're doing the best we can. That's all I can tell you. Um, so yeah, that's it from our side. I think um, in terms of the product, a couple of interesting developments we've been working on, which I'm looking forward to um, sharing with you in the next month or two. Um, sort of high level summary of those, we're really doubling down on Fainbos as a wallet that 
um, solve some real like pain points we see in the payments ecosystem um, and doubling down on like web monetization and the, the um, you know, the link tags and linking, you know, websites with pays and those kinds of things. So we're, we're been putting a lot of work and energy into pay verification as a feature of our wallet. Like how do I send money to someone if all I know about them is their website or all I know about them is their Twitter handle or something like that? How do we tie that back to a payment pointer or a wallet and actually send the money? And how do we verify that the account actually belongs to the person who owns that Twitter handle or that website? So we're, we're, Loving the fact that the the tie-up between the wallet and the website, like we've already defined that with web monetization, we're going to lev- leverage that um, uh, pretty heavily. So yeah, look forward to sharing more on that. It's still very much kind of in development, um, and obviously the team is split between working on those new features and and the new integration work that's required. That's it from the Fango side. All right, thanks, Adrian. Um, yeah, good and bad news, but I definitely think that it's mostly positive in terms of things are actually moving forward. So it's still more exciting than it was six months ago, I would assume, <laughs> um, at least for me. Um, all right, we're going to go back to Max here. He's going to go on, on our deeper dive one into some of the open payment updates. All right, so I'm going to share. Well, if Adrian's going to go in three minutes, then uh, maybe <laughs> maybe there will be just Matt who can point out some issues with the open payment slides that I made. Okay, we can start. They look cool. I, I sorry, I yeah, I, uh, unfortunately, yeah, run out of time. I can get a hold of the person that I'm calling now and see if we can just join a minute or two late. But go for it, Max. Okay. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, you don't know me, I'm Max. I work at the ILF, uh, Primary Line Rafiki, Open Payments. And uh, today I'm gonna go over Open Payments, maybe just a bit of a deeper dive. I know uh, Sabina touched on it, uh, on Open Payments in her uh, presentation at the summit, and so has Adrian, but uh, I wanna just uh, basically give an overview. And then the, uh, in addition, I'll just go over some of the, the node package that we have made to help interact with the Open Payments. APIs. So when you know you, you go on, you sign up for a digital wallet and now you have a payment pointer, right? We all love payment pointers. It's the email address for your wallet. So now, right, you want to be able to send money to friends. You want to pay online on the web shop. You want to tip creators, send money, stream money via web monetization, set up subscriptions, say if it's you know, a music subscription, you wanna take out money out of your account every month. And maybe you just wanna see how you spend your money, some sort of mint type of uh, uh, product. So often or almost always, this means giving some third party access to your wallet. So we know the ILP is good at sending money between wallets, but how do you give access to your wallet to a third party? Your third party could be right, your friend's digital wallet provider, web shop, subscription, right, payments tracker, et cetera. And how do those third parties know how to access your wallet, right? Each, uh, say a payment platform wants to accept ILP payments, uh, right? They might do it one way uh, with some sort of interaction with the user. 
Uh, some other web shop might do it other way. But right, how do we avoid a bad user experience? Uh, there's no, like, how do we find a common language? How do we avoid wallet providers reinventing the wheel with how they take money in and out of uh, your wallet? So the answer to all of this is open payments. Open payments is API standard for account service entities, meaning digital wallets, mobile money providers, banks, et cetera, uh, that allows third parties to securely access digital wallets for being able to view account information and initiate payments. So open payments is the common language for all the parties involved to understand how to request access, get access to accounts, facilitate payments. So when a wallet is open payments enabled, basically different parties know how to interact with it. That's you know, the crux of, the, of, the, of it. How does it work? This is very, uh, very simplified, but just to make it uh, uh, understandable, so it's API exposes some resources protected by grants. And what that means is, uh, like, what are the resources, right? We have payment pointers um, and connections, uh, basically, um, to support web monetization. These are two public resources. We also have incoming payments, quotes, outgoing payments. Uh, these that, that make up the uh, open payments, right? And all these last three things, they basically require authorization to um, be able to interact with, right? Like, I don't want, um, you know, my friend's uh, uh, wallet just send, start sending, start making outgoing payments on my wallet and taking out money willy-nilly, right? We, that's not, not a very good thing. Um, uh, so this is why we have grants that uh, it's basically a set of rules that explains how a third party can access those resources. Right, it's uh, kind of simplified, but it's sort of a mechanism for um, protecting the resources that you have. So a grant could be, um, could explain like which resources uh, does somebody have access to? Um, what are the limits for resources? Like say, for example, I want to be able to um, send $100 maximum uh, outside of my wallet. And uh, how, it's also how a user can provide consent to have access to those resources. Going a little bit deeper into grants, uh, we're using the, it's a new standard uh, kind of successor to OWASP, it's a, called GNAP, and it allows us to have the structure of this, this fine-grained control over the access. Um, it defines exactly how users would be able to give uh, consent to access for those resources, and grants uh, are issued by authorization service, they're basically like agents that keep the resources safe, uh, along with access tokens. And so um, whenever you wanna make a call to a resource, you have to provide a grant with an access token to get those things. As you can see, there's two subsystems, right, working here. There's the resource side of things, right, the actual things of your account, and there's the authorization side of things, right? It's the um, it's the authorization part of open payments. So open payments is two of these things together. It's uh, two open API specs, basically just contracts of how uh, you can make requests and API calls. Um, one of them, right, for resources, one of them for uh, authorization related. And so essentially, um, as you can see, we have um, a documentation for this API. And, you see there on the left side, we have like these two subsections, right? The resources and the 
uh, authorization. So um, it's been available and uh, yeah, you can go check it out. Uh, I'm gonna bring back the, the faded sh shoe shop uh, from Savina's uh, presentation, uh, if you remember from the summit, some of you remember from the summit. So say I have a uh, Finbos wallet, so hopefully when Finbos releases in Europe, they'll be, that'll be great and I can use and sign up. And say Shoe Shop has a wallet at PayPal in no way related to PayPal. I was really trying hard to come up with a So, um, and I'm browsing the, uh, the internet looking for some, for some shoes. And a uh, little Rafiki shout out here. So if a wallet wants to implement uh, open payments, they can just run Rafiki and Rafiki includes open payments by default. So you don't have to you know, uh, re reinvent the view basically. So what would happen um, in order for me to get my shoe? So first of all, the shoe shop would uh, create $50 on an incoming payment to their wallet um, you know, with, with a grant involved. I'm gonna get that in a sec. Um, then shoe shop is gonna quote my wallet to see how much money it will cost for me to uh, make that purchase, right? If, if Finbus wants to add fees on top. And um, then the final step is, right, let's, uh, be, the shoe shop needs to be able to put an outgoing payment on, on the wallet so I can say that Finbos can stream money to the PayPal wallet. And when, when this process happens, uh, what will happen is when, I, when shoe shop tries to make an outgoing payment, they have to get a grant. And so the grant will explain, uh, will redirect me to say, hey, do you consent shoe shop to take out $52 uh, out of your account? And so um, you, I click one of those big buttons on the screen and I'll say, yes, I consent. And so ShoeShop will then create an outgoing payment on my wallet to, for $52 after uh, Finbos added the $2 fee. And basically the order is placed. Um, the Finbos wallet can now stream money to PayPal uh, wallet over ILP. So this is basically, Right, there's a few things going on there. There's incoming payments, quotes, outgoing payments, and it's basically how it shows how open payments is a you know common language to um, interact and send money. Um, does does any? I'm going to pause here. I'm going to. Uh, I know that was pretty quick. Um, does anybody have any questions before I get into talking about the client? Yeah, just very quickly. It could you go back just a couple of slides, one or two slides, uh, Max? So yeah, so this is confusing for me. I will, the next one, I'm sorry, the next one. Mm -hmm. So this is a bit confusing for me because how is the shop creating an outgoing payment? Shouldn't that arrow start at the PayPath wallet or what am I missing? Uh, so this, this path is actually, and actually the client will explain exactly how that works, but um, the so okay. shoe shop is sort of the initiator, right? The PayPath can be, it could be like a PayPal, it could be a bank, right? They don't really know about um, how, how a shoe shop, like how do you initiate that payment from a web, web shop, right? Um, all, all, that, all that's PayPal that, that knows about is that it has, you know, like that shoe shop has an account on there. So we need, at some point, right, in the shoe shop's backend system, right, it's gonna facilitate that, uh, um, you know, Creating incoming payment, creating quote, creating outgoing payment. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, but then I would put an arrow with goes from shoe shop, which is initiating this physically, the person at the shoe store, to the PayPath wallet, and then the, from the PayPath wallet to the Finbus wallet, right? Because right. it's not the shoe shop doing the connection to the Finbus wallet by no means. Well, they're the ones that making are making the request to the Finbus wallet to create the algorithm. Right, so the PayPath... Sorry? You mean the shop with intervention of their own wallet? Uh, you mean the shoe shop with intervention of their own PayPal wallet? No, it will include the intervention. And maybe maybe the client will actually make a little more sense as to how that works. Um, I can, and maybe it'll make sense okay. a little bit. Thank, thanks it. so much. Uh, but, but basically, uh, we need some, some at some point, right? Uh, because the, the shoe shop, the PayPal wallet, you have, shoe shop will have a payment pointer. The PayPath wallet, and I'll have the payment pointer at the Finbus wallet. Shoepub will say at that payment pointer, create an incoming payment, and then at the Finbus wallet, we'll say create an outgoing payment. Basically, there needs to be some needs to have some sort of you know way to facilitate the payment. Maybe maybe once I get into it, uh, it'll be maybe the error will make a little more sense. Anybody else? Any questions? Sounds good. Right, so once the outgoing payment is created, we'll you're basically streaming money between Finna's wallet and the PayPal. That's using ILP under the hood. Uh, in terms of the no package, so um, uh, in combination with like it, this lives in the Rafiki monorepo, but uh, essentially it's a Node.js TypeScript package. Uh, it contains both of these contracts. A resource server authorization server. Um, it exports TypeScript types from both of these specs, and and also a client for making these open payments calls. So uh, essentially, it's just a way, an easier way to interact with open payments APIs. So um, this client, whenever it makes requests, it will actually sign uh, any request with the provided key using HTTP signatures under the hood. Basically, that's kind of abstracted into the client, so you don't have to worry about um, necessarily any uh, low-level signing stuff. Um, it validates responses uh, that you get back from um, uh, from different wallets uh, if, if basically uh, that the response matches up to the open payment um, specs properly. And it's also documented with TS doc. It's basically um, uh, autocomplete for TypeScript, and it'll explain exactly what you need to give it uh, when making these requests. Uh, and it also auto-generates documentation specifically for the client. Um, and to give, to explain how uh, it will be used, um, maybe this will be, this will kind of explain uh, Roberta's question. So in, in this setup, right, the client in our case, right, the third party that's trying to access my wallet is ShoeShop. So ShoeShop is the one who's gonna be making uh, requests with the client to facilitate a payment between my account that it, that it wants to have access to and its own account. So essentially, essentially um, the shoe shop's backend, you know, for example, their uh, backend ordering system, right? Whenever you uh, want to make a purchase, what it will do is uh, essentially it will you can create a, a client, what's called an authenticated client from our from this package, uh, providing its own payment pointer, right? Um, 
and it's and it's key that it has added to its payment pointer when it signed up uh, at the PayPal account. So it's basically saying whenever um, whenever the client is making requests, um, we can always confirm that it's the actual shoe shop that's making those uh, um, uh, requests to any other payment pointer because uh, it has this key and we can always validate that the key matches up um, to where it belongs in the, um, on the payment point. So then we're, we're gonna, this is a bit more, um, I would say like it's verbose, right? Shushop probably already knows about its payment pointer, but in any case, it's gonna grab its public information. It's also gonna grab my information that it needs. Right? This is all happening on the Shushop's backend system. Um, then uh, the uh, shoe shop is going to, oh, I'm, going to I'm saying shoe shop so many times. <laughs> uh, but uh, so it's going to make a call to its wallet. Uh, it's going to ask, uh, since it wants to create an incoming payment on its own account, it needs to grab uh, a grant to do so. So it's going to, uh, and this is, um, this is maybe, Maybe, maybe if it already has a grant, it doesn't need to do that. But for the case of being just explicit, uh, it can get the incoming payment grant. It'll say, hey, I want to create and read um, an incoming payment on its own wallet. Uh, I'm going to create this payment for 50 US dollars. As you can see, they're in the incoming amount. Um, and so once that's happened, an incoming payment has been created on um, the shoe shop wallet. So now we can basically uh, prepare for uh, for me to send money into that uh, incoming payment. What will happen after is um, the it's going to get a quote on um, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry I'm reading comments but yes she uh, wrong. So the uh, then it needs to have a grant right because we need a grant to access any resources. Uh, it's going to ask for a grant to create a quote on my payment pointer, right? Once it's done so, it can create a quote. Um, it can create a quote with my payment pointer that will say the exact amount um, that I will need to send in order to fulfill the payment. So in this case, uh, Finbus will take the $52 uh, to pay for my $52, $50 fee. So it's gonna make a 2% uh, $2 uh, uh, fee. And the receiver of, of this quote is the incoming payment that we created initially in the first step, shoe shops. Um, so then we're now we're sort of in the final stretches of, of uh, the payment. We want to create an outgoing payment. In order to do that, right, we need another grant. So uh, we're going to create a pending uh, outgoing, payment, outgoing payment grant um, for, as you can see there, there's a limits. So we can, what this is telling to my wallet saying, uh, shoe shop, I, I want to make a, um, I want to create an outgoing payment only up to this amount. So this is kind of the, um, the flexibility we have with this, with these grants. So um, once this happens, uh, and once the user consents, consents, whatever that may be, we're going to redirect them back to um, the complete payment there URL. And so, once we make this grant, it's actually going to tell us the link where we need to tell the user to send, um, where we need to redirect the user to basically sign off on the 
on the purchase. So in this case, it's going to be, um, I don't know, finbus.me slash some uh, URL. Uh, maybe it's just me clicking yes, uh, a yes button on the URL, or it takes me to, I'm doing it on my phone, and it, I can use Touch ID, for example, to confirm that payment. Um, right, like this is kind of uh, the um, what's happening, right? Now I'm consenting, yes, uh, I consent for to make this payment. And finally, the final step, now that I uh, Shoe Shop has the permissions, let's say, to um, make the request, is going to make an outgoing payment um, on my account uh, for that specific code. Um, and that's basically how you can use the client to facilitate a payment. Um, Roberto, does that help uh, somewhat explain how that works? If you're still on the call, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is uh, this is very well explained. It's very clear. Thanks so much. I still have a okay. doubt, which is maybe more okay. a commercial doubt because, well, I mean, we're using the example of a shoe shop, right? I don't know mm -hmm. if the shoe shop will have a, an internal system uh, that will allow it to interact uh, in the way we're wanting it to do, right? I mean, the easiest path would be to make a wallet to wallet connection all the time so that it can be very easily adopted by all, all, all people uh, rather than requiring a intermediating system on the shoe shop side. But uh, I mean, that's another thing, right? It's, so right, exactly. I, I mean, it's, it's just an example. Yeah, uh, for sure, yeah, thank you. So it's definitely like, um, I don't know, maybe an example could be like a Shopify, right? If you want to have a Shopify plugin, it can do, it can be the one that orchestrated this painting. All it is, um, Shoe Shop in this case is just a third party with its own wallet. Um, that's all basically what it can do. Um, and for example, say if it's, um, say you want to see um, a breakdown of all your recent purchases, you go on a website, um, the website is acting at the client and it just asks for a grant, hey, can I view all your income reports? Um, and then you say yes, and then here is a breakdown of all your income reports. So it, in that case, it would just use the open payments client to uh, effectively provide all that information. So all it is is just at some point you need access to your wallet and open payments is the thing to do. Um, so uh, there's some resources here. Uh, I'll put those in the uh, documentation, but uh, essentially, yeah, we're still working a lot on the documentation. So there'll be a lot of updates to that, uh, including the client. We'll be publishing the client package um, and then this Sabine's and Adrian's talks from the summit go into open payments a little bit uh, and also GNAP. So that would be uh, helpful if you hadn't seen or had it, didn't attend. Um, and also documentation for GNAP. Um, I'm going to take any final questions if there's any. Any other questions? Feel free to just open your mic. You don't have to raise a hand or chat it, write it out in chat. But uh, any other questions for Max? That was pretty exciting. Some big updates. I, I hope that wasn't too uh, too fast. But yeah, that's effectively yeah. Open payments is is uh, kind of the ILF vision. Have you guys um, built a client or like an X app through the Sum Wallet or anything like this from testing? Uh, so 
uh, actually, uh, so testnet will be um, is a great use case for the client uh, where they can uh, use that inside their application. Um, also, Rafiki uses the client to make some internal calls. Um, so when you ever want to make like into Rafiki calls, it will use the client under the hood. Um, and potentially there's, um, yeah, like, um, yeah, I, I guess probably testnet would probably be the first uh, place to that, that we'll end up using it as an example of what it can do. Um, I'm going to break in here real quick. We were supposed to have the some assembly uh, presentation, but you know because of our snafu at the beginning, I just don't feel like it's right to let them have to rush through what is a pretty exciting update for their project in 10 minutes. So I've uh, spoken with that team in the background, um, and we will put them on for next week so they don't feel like they've got to rush. Um, if anyone wants to contact me, they have some slides that I'm sure they'd be willing to share if you were really wanted to see some part of it right now um, or over the next couple of days. That's not, you know, it's not state secrets. So um, we, I'm sure that they'll and we will be happy to share that with you. Um, but in terms of giving them their full time, we are going to put them on to the next call because I just don't feel I just don't feel right letting them have to rush through that in nine minutes. It's not right for our mistake. Um, so again, uh, please check out the, I'll paste it again here in a second, the link to the public note stock going forward. This is, we're going to work really hard to get all the details there. It'll be one link always. So it's just one stop shopping. Um, and we're going to work with people that are presenting to get their information in before so that it's a, uh, you have an idea of what they're going to talk about. Maybe you have better questions. Maybe you have more engagement. You can ask comments in um, and interact in the document, as well as a way to get more community updates and a little bit more spontaneity in the call. Also, I know that not everyone's always comfortable talking um, on a video or live, and sometimes having you know multiple ways that people can engage um, means that we get better interaction throughout. So we'll be doing that going forward. Um, but I'll give you the eight minutes back here. Again, apologies for the snafu at the beginning. And I'm, I'm sure we're all looking forward to hearing some assembly in the next call. Thank you, everyone who presented.